It's been said that this is a once in a hundred years type of event, a moment in our generation that history books will look back on. Prepared or not, welcomed or not, here we are today. But what if you were made for such a time as this, as right now? In 1940, American broadcast journalist Edward R. Murrow stood atop the BBC broadcast house and spoke into the homes of families a first-hand account of the London Blitz. Hitler had come for Britain, but unable to best the British troops in the air, directed his weapons instead to the civilians on the ground. For 72 nights, London was aerial-bombed in the attempt to both break the city and weaken the will of its people through fear and disrupted sleep. Society was upended as more than 40,000 civilians died, over 100,000 wounded, and more than a million left homeless. People constructed shelters in their backyards or eventually moved into the open subway or country forests for relief. Blackouts hid homes, businesses, and autos. Looting, prostitution, and crime rose, schools closed, and many children sent to live in the country with family and even unknown strangers who would foster to keep them safe. Food and supplies were tightly rationed. Rebuilding was constant, but night after night, the bombs came. And morning after morning, people woke to new devastation. Yet in all this, the people of Britain never gave up. They never surrendered. History would record the blitz spirit that characterized the British people with qualities of endurance and defiance. Reporting from that rooftop, Murrow said, I was up here earlier this afternoon. And looking out over these housetops, looking all the way to the dome of St. Paul's, I saw many flags flying from staffs. No one ordered these people to put out the flags. They simply feel like flying Union Jack above their roofs. No one told them to do it. And no flag up there was white. In a time of chaos in the streets, his reporting brought empathy, courage, and solidarity into people's homes, both in Britain and abroad. In that same year, as Winston Churchill addressed the parliament of his nation, he spoke of the resolve of his people. We shall go on to the end. We shall fight in France. We shall fight on the seas and oceans. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. His words stirring the resolve and speaking to a determined character of a people in the midst of trials previously unknown to them. That same broadcast building in which Murrow had stood, hit by bombs on two occasions, would in a year's time begin a series of short talks by a 42-year-old Oxford Don named C.S. Lewis. At a time of deep spiritual need, in the context of a culture that wondered of the nearness of God and of the relevance of his church, Lewis reflected aloud on the core truths of Christianity and the revelations that had led him from atheist to deist to Christian. These series of talks would later be assembled into the classic book, Mere Christianity, and would prove immensely popular as over a million listeners tuned in and over 12,000 letters sent in. Though religious programming had been plentiful, there was something in Lewis' work that spoke to the spiritual hunger people felt. 
James Welch, the director of BBC's religious broadcasting, the one responsible for the bringing of Lewis to the radio, once stated, in times of uncertainty and questioning, it's the responsibility of the church and of religious broadcasting as one of its most powerful voices to declare the truth about God and his revelation to men. It is to expound the Christian faith in terms that can be easily understood by ordinary men and women to examine the ways in which that faith can be applied to present-day society during these difficult times. In the years that followed, Murrow, Churchill, and Lewis became well-loved legends in each of their respective fields and in popular culture, but was arguably in the war, within the time of deep crisis, that their work mattered most to many. It was because they spoke up then that their words were heard long after. Today in 2020, we find ourselves together in a different type of battle, as the threat of COVID affects many lives on all levels. Our society has been upended, our norms altered, and many now in a war within themselves between despair or faith and hope. Faith has always been both a gift and a work. It's crisis, in crisis, its value becomes clearer, even as it directs your focus, your hope, and your actions. But what is the value of faith in this time? In John 6.29, Jesus answered people who were asking what they needed to do to have done the work God required. Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. And in the same chapter, he noted, Those the Father has given me will come to me, and I will never reject them. And again, this is the will of God, that I should not lose even one of all those he has given me but I shall raise them up at the last day. For as my Father's will, that all who see his Son believe in him, shall have eternal life, I will raise them up at the last day. Paul, in Ephesians 6, to 10, 6 verse 10 to 18, says, Finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggles not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness, in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith in which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. And again in Timothy, 1 Timothy 6.12, Paul says, Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We've never needed God more, but there's never been a time where we've needed him any less. We always need him. 
We are called to hold the same faith in times of calm and in times of fear. But we are called for more than just to fight for our faith. President John F. Kennedy once said, The Chinese used two brushstrokes to write the word crisis. One brushstroke stands for danger. The other for opportunity. In a crisis, be aware of the danger, but recognize the opportunity. Throughout time, plagues such as the bubonic plague, the Black Death, cholera came, war and other crises. We're in a new experience now, but others have been here before. In an article by Moses Y. Lee of the Gospel Coalition, he writes the ancient Christians responding to a plague in Alexandria who stayed and served the sick until they themselves were ill. He noted the impact of this service was twofold. Number one, Christian sacrifice for their fellow believers stunned the unbelieving world as they witnessed communal love like they'd never seen. And two, Christian sacrifice for non-Christians resulted in the early church experiencing exponential growth as non-Christian survivors who benefited from the care of their Christian neighbors converted to the faith in Mass. Now, to be clear, the ancients did not necessarily understand the way viruses the way we do today. And we need to strongly adhere to the guidelines and the warnings of medical health professionals have provided us. It is both wise and responsible to follow their directions. God has given us a modern-day health system, and it would be foolish to ignore wisdom. In loving others and understanding COVID, we need to give great thought as how we might put others at risk when we do the things that we do. But in facing their own crisis, the ancient Christians set an example for us of intentional love and self-sacrifice that we would do well to follow. What are the opportunities available to us today? There's a lot we can choose to fear, but in choosing courage, there's a lot we can gain. In the classic Tolkien fantasy, The Fellowship of the Rings, Frodo the Hobbit and Gandalf the Wise converse about the situation that has taken them on an uncomfortable journey. I wish it need not have happened in my time, said Frodo. So do I, said Gandalf. And so do all who live to see such times. But that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us. Our lives are lived in moments that come and go. Opportunities come for a moment and then go. Be bold. Be brave. You wanted a great awakening. From what type of soil did you think it would spring from? Could this be the moment we were made for? In the biblical book of Esther, facing the threat of death of their people, Mordecai challenged Esther, who had been elevated to queen, with a thought that has remained cogent throughout the centuries. And who knows but that you have come to a royal position for such a time as this. Esther was placed by God into a position of influence, and each one of us have been placed into positions of influence in the lives of those we're connected to. This is not about manipulation. This is about being a light in the darkness and a city on a hill. Churchill, in advocating his parliament to ready for war, spoke of the imminent threat upon British life and Christian civilization and urged the country to stand and fight. 
In ending one of his most famous addresses, he stated, the whole fury and might of the enemy must very soon be turned on us. Hitler knows that he will have to break us in this island or lose the war. If we can stand up to him, all Europe may be free and the life of the world may move forward into broad sunlit uplands. But if we fail, then the whole world, including the United States and all that we have known and cared for, will sink into the abyss of a new dark age, made more sinister and perhaps more protracted by the lights of perverted science. Let us therefore brace ourselves to our duties and so bear ourselves that if the British Empire and Commonwealth last for a thousand years, men will still say this was their finest hour. What will be said of our generation? When this moment is finished, what testimony will we have earned from the lips of those around us? Could this be our generation's finest hour? In a time of fear of death, let God's light, love, and praise come forward. See opportunity to connect with God. Worship, pray, listen, remember, and record. See opportunity to connect with your families. Be intentional and present in your time with your loved ones with your spouse, with your children. We get so busy. And this moment to slow down, use it. See opportunity in those around you. Look to your neighbors, your neighbors, both of the people of faith and to those whom God is calling forward. Love wisely and generously. Be intentional. Serve with empathy and wisdom. And determine now what will be your answer. When people ask of the hope within you. Now is not a time for shame or feelings of inadequacy. We're here where we are. God has given grace and power and will by no means cast you out if you come to him. This is a time to stand up and fight for the heritage God has provided you, has provided this generation. Jeremiah 17, verse 7 to 8 says, But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Solid rock and anyone that would hear me or see me, I just want to give this, this to you. Maybe this is the moment you were made for. What is the opportunity before you? Who are you in influence to? This is a time that people will remember. This is a time that generations will look back. You have the opportunity to do something today that means something tomorrow. Well, in conclusion, 
Remember to look at our Facebook page for updates. Follow along. We're going to be praying for you. Send prayer requests in as well if you have them. We look forward to the testimonies that come. I'm going to close in prayer. Father God, thank you so much for today and for who you are. Lord, there is none like you. You saw all our days before one of them came to be. They were all written in your book. Lord God, we know that in good times, in challenging times, you are faithful and you are strong. And Lord God, you are near to all that will call on your name. Lord, we proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for the gift of your son, for his death and his resurrection. Lord God, we believe that you gave your only begotten son that whoever believes will not perish but have eternal life. And that you did not send your son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world would be saved through him. Lord God, we know you, that you are good, that you are full of love and mercy and grace. And you've called us to repentance and faith and called us to opportunity to join you in what you are now doing. Lord, this disease didn't come from you. But you are God over all. And in this time, Lord God, we pray that your name would be glorified. That the testimonies from lips would bring praise to the name of your son, Jesus Christ. And be a witness to the power your Holy Spirit has given. We bless you and we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Have a great week.